Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Eric Gabriel. Coach Gabriel is an assistant coach at High Point University. We talked to him today about being ready to make a decision that it's not about yourself and to put yourself aside at times, to serve others without being selfish, and to ask yourself, what level of learning are you willing to do? I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Coach Gabriel, I really, really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, the platform is set up for you all as college coaches, as, as high school coaches in some in some instances, to really share, you know, your heart, your story, uh, your perspective on some things. And I feel like your perspective is going to come through uh, as a great help for people as well. So uh, we'll just, you know, kind of kick it off. Coach, how were you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, my father was a uh, was a high school coach for many many years, and um, so as, as from as young of age as I can remember, um, I had a ball, and uh, he I was going to practices, I was seeing teams, I was I was jumping in when I was old enough to jump in, yeah, and and I got to see him uh, coach the game, but yet. Uh, more importantly, be a part of a team and help mold young people. Um, yeah, that kind of, that that was the big. That's all I can really remember. And, and seeing him raise money to run programs and help kids that needed it. Yeah, and and, and get them on the right path if they needed to, to do that, or push them if they were already on the right path. Um, I was able to to kind of be introduced to basketball, you know, from that from that standpoint, and just played from as young as I can remember. Um, and then throughout my life, obviously he was a coach and, uh, and we played for him growing up and then coached with him, which was an awesome experience before, yeah. uh, jumping into college ball. And, uh, but, but yeah, my dad really was a big influence there and, and, and introduced me to the game from, from as young as I can remember. That's great coach. Uh, you know, being when you're the son of a coach, uh, there's a lot that comes with that. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things I can think of for most uh, sons of coaches that I've known is uh, you get to f- figure out real quick whether you want to d- jump into that profession or not, especially at, at the high school level where you're talking here again, you talked about raising money for the program, helping kids out. I mean, that's, that's central to the whole uh, deal. And, uh, you know, having been a high school coach for so many years myself, like people think, well, you have a nice facility, you have a, a district behind you, you must have money for your program. And the reality is, is most of the time that's not true. You've got to do a lot of things uh, that maybe as a coach you weren't trained to do, like raise money and uh, kind of deal with, you know, put up some fires with kids in their personal lives. There are a lot of things you just can't learn from, the co- from you know, taking a class uh, on coaching somewhere, <laughs> you know, right. there's so much you learn at the high school level because there's so many more, uh, 
needs that need to be met at that level. So, yeah, that, it's, you know, like I said, your dad really, really, uh, you know, if you got into coaching, man, he must have done a great job because you felt like you needed to do it as well. So that's great. Now, Coach, what was your experience like as a player? Yeah, it was um, having a dad as a coach. It was a little unique because um, he was always around. He coached me in youth ball. Yeah. Um, from, you know, I was young. I'd play in a couple of different leagues. He'd coach me in one. I'd have a different coach in another. But then when I got to junior high school, uh, he was never my head coach from then on. Wow. He when I when I co when I played seventh grade basketball, um, he coached the eighth grade team, and so he was on the bench as because seventh and eighth grade teams traveled together. Yeah. Um, but he just watched. He didn't. You know. He 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 pushed me the right way, but he let me be myself and be coached by my head coach. That's and great. then when I got to eighth grade, he actually went down to the seventh grade team. Wow. <laughs> uh, and coached the seventh grade team. And then when I became a freshman, I played JV ball. He coached the freshman team when I was on the junior varsity. And when I played <laughs> played varsity, he coached the junior varsity team. And then when I graduated high school, he took over the varsity. Team. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I see what he was doing so, there. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So he was it. on the bench for every game I played from seventh grade through 12th grade, but was never my head coach. Wow. That is so unique. And, and, and for your benefit, I think, quite honestly, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, because, because, and I think because when I was younger in the fourth, fifth, sixth grades and he was coaching, we butted heads. Now we, yeah. you know, it was still my dad and he was coaching me and, and I was a fairly decent player for my area and my age. And, and he, uh, we butted heads and he, um, I, maybe he saw that and I didn't realize it till way later in life. Yeah. But, uh, I think it actually worked out really well and for both of us. Yeah. And uh, he was a high school coach when I played college ball. I played Division two at a small school in West Virginia called West Liberty. And um, he was able to come and see me when he could, even though he was coaching. So I got to see that part then, how busy he really was, where he couldn't be on the bench or couldn't yeah. come and watch me play. Um, but I was fortunate to have him get me to that point in, in kind of a unique way as, a, as the son of a coach. Yeah, no, you, uh, when your dad does something for a living like that, uh, you kind of easily think, all right, well, he's probably just going to coach me all the way through. But then by his own, right. his own, in his own volition, he, he decided, no, I'm going to take a step back, let him develop how he needs to. And, uh, you know, just kind of here again, be a supporter. Nowadays, if you put a parent in a, in a coaching position, usually ask, asking for some kind of trouble, or, you know, and, and I guess that's what your dad didn't want to do either. He didn't want to have people, you know, chirping about his involvement, he, even though he mm. he probably did hear some of it. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely didn't as a head coach. Uh, it's a little bit different. Your dad's an assistant. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. Your dad's a head coach and you're on the team. Yeah, it, 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 it always brings up conflict of interest, conflict of interest. But I know at that level, coach, the grassroots level, high school level, if your dad was doing that prior to you playing, man, that's it's all good at that point. So, but yeah, coach, I I I think that was very genius of him to kind of sit back on those and and kind of let you do what you were gonna do. So, coach, given your experience at the at the college level at West Liberty, uh, did you was there some point when you said during that career and that you were like, I, I got to go into coaching, like this is it, I'm meant to do this, or really were you looking at your dad? 
you know, his situation and saying, I don't want nothing to do with coaching uh, to that degree. I mean, what was your, what were your thoughts about coaching at that point? Well, my dad was unique in the fact that he wasn't a teacher. Um, he didn't have a college degree. He worked um, in the printing department at, at Ohio University. Okay. Um, I grew up in Athens, Ohio, and, and no one in my family had been to college. And, and um, But in Ohio, he was allowed to be a coach even without a – as a teacher if none of the teachers wanted the job. So yeah. uh, he kind of he kind of steered me toward education while I was playing. Um, it, Cause I think he knew I had the inkling to be a coach. And uh, when I got to college, I, I coached the summer teams back at my high school. And that was when I really got the itch and really knew, you know, I think this is, this is what I want to do, but I always thought it was going to be at the high school level. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I have an elementary education degree. I wanted to teach elementary school and coach high school. Yeah. Um, and that's all I ever wanted to do. So uh, he, he kind of steered me in that direction and he was right on. I, I graduated. I went back. I, taught third grade I coached high school ball two years as his assistant two years as a head coach and was really kind of in those three maybe three the first three or four years thought that's where I was going to be yeah um a high school coach and he had kind of prepared me for that and let me just kind of led me in the right direction hey you want to be a coach um be a teacher that's what it is you know not only are you going to you're going to learn more about coaching but you're gonna have a job and job security and all that that he didn't always have yeah uh, and so that was a big part and I had some great other coaches outside of my dad my high school coach Jay Reese was an unbelievable coach um, my college assistant was Jim Crutchfield who's now yeah with, uh, you know at Nova Southeastern the winningest coach in NCAA history has had that name. more than 10 years yeah, yeah with more than 10 years of coaching experience he's I think he's the winningest by percentage of any coach in NCAA history. Um, it's I mean, I've had some influences that, that kind of shaped my basketball part, but uh, my dad obviously was the biggest as far as, um, you know, going down this path. Yeah. So that dynamic had to have been something special. Uh, you know, I remember coaching with my dad early on in my coaching career. Uh, you know, we jumped in and, and, and ran a, a team of four and five year olds, from my little brother who was at the time about four, you know, and, uh, yep. you know, working with him teaches, you know, kind of teaching him the X's and O's him teaching me how to work with people. Like that was the, the kind of trade off there. And, uh, there's nothing like it, you know, being with your pops, uh, getting to yep. learn who he really was in pressure moments. That's when you really get to see who, you know, each other is at that, at that moment. And, uh, seeing how he interacted with other people other than you and your, your siblings, and so uh, that's great yeah, stuff. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point is getting to see um, that a lot of people don't think of when you're the son of a coach is you get to see him interact with a lot of other kids yeah. um, that come from all different backgrounds, um, some of which might be your close friends, some of which you've never met, some he's coaching. Um, and in, in youth ball and the grassroots, you know, the, the best girls were playing with the guys. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they're – my best friend, one of my best friends to this day, we ended up go, both going to West Liberty to play, and she was an All-American. Wow. He coached both of us growing up, and, and he uh, – so it was fun to see him, sometimes hard to see him interact with other kids differently than me. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it really helped me um, to this day know that, man, not every kid gets coached the same. And I remember seeing that when I was in second, third grade, watching him coach. 
Um, he was kind of ahead of his time in that, that realm, I think, because 25 years ago when he was doing that was kind of the old school realm of, you know, we just yell at everybody and get them to do, (laughs) make them do it your way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was a little different. I think that's why, you know, he actually got out of it about seven, maybe five years ago, seven years ago. And now he's back in, he took another job this year. He's getting back in coaching. There you go. Yeah. He got the itch. Yeah. No, man. Once, you know, I, I look at myself like that as well. Like, I got to figure out how to get better at this thing. Even though I've been doing it for a good while now, about 24 years, it still doesn't mean I'm great at it. It still doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of evolving with things, but that itch mm-hmm. will never go away. Like I'll be doing this till I'm 80, God willing. And, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> never mind the right situation. Just give me any situation at that age, you know, as long yep. as I got my faculties about me. So I, yeah, I completely understand, you know, kind of where he's, He's kind of feeling that, uh, like you said, the itch. So, Coach, uh, how did your time there with your dad at the high school level prepare you when you were transitioning into coaching at the college level? Well, getting to be your dad's assistant is is twofold. One being that he gives you a lot of freedom. You know, he trusts me because I was his son. He had coached me. Uh, he had saw me evolve and grow up. Um, but on the other hand, he's also my dad. Yeah. Um, so he will still treat me like his son and not an assistant coach at times. So um, I got to learn a couple different things there. One that uh, when he gives you the chance to make a decision, um, be ready. Yeah. Um, as, as an assistant, if, if a coach asks you, he don't. He's not asking you for um, what you think. He wants to know what you would do yeah. um, and, and make that decision. So I was able to do that a lot with him. Um, that helped me a ton. And after two years with him, I was like, well, I'm going to be a head coach. So at 23, I get hired as a head coach of a really good program at Fort Laramie High School in Ohio. Um, it's historically in Ohio, one of the best Division Four programs in the state. And uh, when I take, took over, I remember him saying that, you know, now you, now you make all the decisions. Yeah. Um, and that's different. That prepares you in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, so – so when you get to college and a coach asks you as an assistant, the coach asks you for a suggestion, you tell it. I was more, I think I was more ready to say, this is what I would do. Um, this is my, this is a coach's decision I would make if I was the head coach. Um, where I think if I was a young kid coming out as a GA and became an assistant and had been an assistant my whole life, I would struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. But, but for those two to four years as a high school coach, when a question was asked of me or a decision needed made, I had to make it. And I yeah. did some right, some wrong. I learned, but uh, when you get to that college level and you're, you slide down a seat from that head coaching mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different game. Yeah. Different <laughs> ball game. Yeah. So like, so like, I like what you're saying, coach, you're saying you, you were able to still find your voice at that level to help you kind of prepare you and get you ready for the next in that decision-making is decision-making. And, uh, yeah. It's yeah, not, and know, I would, it's not life or death, but it's still important. Yeah. That, that's right. Because, um, a coach, a head coach told me one time, you know, when you make a decision and this is when I got my high school job, you're not deciding what's right in that moment for the basketball team. You're deciding what's right in that moment for you, your players, most importantly, the fans of that school who are parents and boosters and alum and then the alumni of that, you're making a decision for all of these people. Yeah. This is not just a decision about yourself. Um, there's a lot more to it. And that, that, that's down to who's starting this game, 
what are we doing for fundraising? Every decision you make, that's about all those people. Yeah. Um, as an assistant, you're suggesting some things, but when you get to make that final decision, uh, that's a little different. So uh, I was fortunate that I went to D3 and D2 before D1, where it's just, there's a lot less staff making decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot you less, get thrown in a little quicker. Yeah, a lot less uh, chairs at the table as far when right. it comes to decision making. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talk about that coaching at the different levels that you've coached at and being at different programs, coach, uh, before you got there to high point. Uh, yep. You know, serving in at those levels is, is a way different experience than at the Division One level where you're at now. What do you feel like you bring, you know, to the table daily at High Point now to help fulfill Coach Smith's vision? Well, I, I've had a unique experience at High Point because I'm technically in my fourth job at High Point in my seventh year. Uh, yeah, my first yeah. year there, I was the director of video operations. My second year here, I was the director of player development. Uh, my third, fourth, fifth year here, I was an assistant for Coach Cherry. Um, Scott Cherry and then uh, Coach Smith took over and I was fortunate enough to stay on with him in my seventh, sixth and seventh year now. Um, so one thing I definitely can bring for him and I think the reason I'm, I'm probably on staff is I was a little bit of a, a continuity from the previous staff and I was, yeah. you know, I knew that I knew the school, um, I knew the conference, I knew the players, I knew the recruits we had on board and with him coming down from such a high level, um, at Memphis, Texas Tech, Minnesota, I mean, all those schools, for him to come back to his alma mater and be at a mid-major rather than a high major is a little different. Yeah. So I think he he brought in his son, Gigi, who had been a head coach at Loyola. Um, so he has a sense of this level. Um, but I think he, I think my value was that I've been here and, and have that. You know, I was able to tell him, Coach, you know, this is the difference between Memphis and here. This is the difference between this and that that he may not have a, had a feel for. Um, yeah. So I like to think that's that was a big value for me um, to bring to him and, and, you know, kind of the level of – just the level of program we're at. And I think we're, we're in a – we do things at a high level for the Big South at High Point. Um, the big time's and, where you're at, you know, is what you're saying. Like, you know, where, where, what you're doing there is preparing kids – the way, uh, you know, here again, a power five or high major, however you want to look at it, is getting everybody prepared for and operating. When you have a coach like that that steps in, that's what they bring. That's exactly right. what they bring. Mm, so so I, that, that's been – it's been fun. Uh, it's been really fun to, to change jobs in the same place. Um, before that, you know, I'd bounced around five or six times moving, and but now I've kind of got to move but stay where I'm at. Yeah, um, which is, is kind of unique. You know, four jobs in seven years, but haven't had to move anywhere. Yeah, that's um, great. But now I get to work for Tubby Smith, which is still surreal after two. You know, <laughs> going on two yeah. years, I still yeah. it's hard to believe. But to get to learn from him every day, um, and see how he he operates and the way he uh, demand, you know, what he demands of a program and, and what he just the the details that. That with the experience he has and the success he's had, the details he doesn't let slide by, um, I'm amazed by every day. Yeah, every single day something amazes me about that. That's great, Coach, because that's uh, invaluable. It's very invaluable. It'll take you places that uh, maybe even you yourself with your, you know, when you look at potential. We always think about players when we think about potential. 
uh, but we got to see ourselves in a in a in a sphere of how does our potential, um, what does it look like? And uh, as coaches, do do uh, does our head coach see us with potential to be greater than we are at the moment? Uh, you know, and I think that's a he's a guy that really looks out for his assistants and uh, absolutely really develops absolutely. them because he he I don't know all the all the greatest coaches. Uh, they have a tree, right? You know, coaching tree. Yep. And, uh, you know, he came from a good one. He's developing one. I mean, you you, you definitely are, are blessed to be where you're at, coach. So, I am. so, you know, here again, you said, you know, seven years of coaching and then high school. And then, you know, that, you know, having been at places like Mount Olive College or Methodist or Shepherd, yep. uh, what would you say here again? And, and finish this sentence for me. The life of a college coach is unpredictable, um, challenging, rewarding. Uh, there's a million other adjectives I could throw in there. Um, but most importantly, uh, I think what I, people and coaches should know is, it, is it's not about yourself. Yeah. Um, the life of a college coach, people think, oh, you're a college coach, you know. I'm sure you get this even at the high school level still, um, but I know all of us college. What do you do when season's not in? That's yeah. the question, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and funny. I want to say like when the season's in, the question is how do I get all my other stuff? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> now I have games and scouting reports. Like yeah. I have a million other things I could be doing, but you know, obviously the games and the scouting reports come first. Um, you know, it it. it the more and the majority of coaches are there's the, the majority of coaches do this and as they put um put themselves aside that's what it's about you put yourself aside and you serve kids you know without being selfish yeah um, you know we all people have selfish tendencies all the time but to be able to um i mean we talked before that we started here you know you have kids that, that there's you have to be selfish at times to to be with your family that's yeah. part of life yeah. they're, they're, but there's so many times as a coach and having been the son of a coach that you know my dad had to choose you know I need to go be with my team can I take Eric with me do I stay with Eric do I go to you know I was lucky he was a coach and able to come to all my games yeah um, but ultimately I was able to see him say you know what yes my family's number one but really close behind is this group of kids that I'm coaching yeah yeah um, yeah. and they, they, they come before a lot of other stuff, a lot of, you know, each sure there's, there's friends, birthday parties I've missed and weddings and, and, and all a million things that we've all missed as coaches. But when you become a, whether it's a college coach, doesn't really matter that any, any coach of any sport at any level, if you want to do it right, they, that team gets put ahead of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and if it's not, then you probably aren't doing the right thing. <laughs> How true that is. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think here again, just the season of basketball, you know, you're going through December, January, November, you know, all these holidays, there's a lot of things you're missing because of your schedule. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the travel, being away from home. Uh, yeah, no, you have too many people depending on you. Uh, you have too many uh, young people's experiences kind of hanging in the balance and Absolutely. uh you know and we'll get to the legacy question later but you're also talking about legacy 
you're talking about, yeah. you know, what kind of imprint, what am I leaving on this earth with these relationships that I'm building or trying to build or have built over the years. And cause every, you know, when you're the coach and you're a coach, everybody's paying attention to you. Um, right. Players get a pass a lot of times. Sometimes they don't depend how great they are. But most of the time the coaches get a lot of like, well, we didn't win because of you or we didn't, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. I, and that's just the nature of it. And you got to know that. But, yep, uh, that's right. but like you're saying, what, what that lifestyle is like, uh, you just really have to appreciate, you know, what all's given and uh, what all's invested in you as, as a player, as a coach, there's so much to go around. And yep. uh, so, yeah, great stuff, coach. Uh, so you being a married guy, right? How, yes. how important is your marriage within this process of coaching at the college level? Well, if I wasn't, uh, if I wasn't married, I'm not sure that I'd be coaching college because she was kind of the one, um, we got married actually today is our 12th anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary um, coach. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We hit it on the day. And yeah. actually after our first year or during our first year of marriage, I was in my second year as a head coach, my fourth year of coaching high school. And she knew I had the kind of the inkling that, you know, I, man, I kind of want to try this college thing out. And I'm 25. And she says, we're, t you're 25. Like, let's do it now. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do it, let's do it now. And, uh, so we moved, we packed up and moved to North Carolina and I took the job at Methodist for $0 yeah. and, uh, and did it. And she, and she packed up with me and said, let's go. I'm like, you know, if you're going to do it, let's do it. And yeah. she's been able to find a career herself, but yet at the same time got me started and kind of pushed me to where she believed in me probably more than I believed in myself. Yeah. And uh, so as far as my marriage being important in my coaching career, that's, that's about as important as it gets. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would have it without her. And, and then for her to be willing, you know, we moved once as a high school coach. Then we've moved one, two, three, four, five times as a college coach. Um, and she's been able to just adapt her and have a career and have her, um, you know, have what she wants. I don't want to ever take her away from, from the goal she has, yeah. you know, this is, not, this is not a one-sided, um, too many times I think younger coaches think that if you get into this, well, if I get married, you know, my, my wife's going to have to follow me around and that's not like that. Um, you can find a balance like you, she's got goals too and you have to find a, a commonality between the two of you that balances between your goals and her goals and if that means turning down a job somewhere along the line you may have to yeah uh, yeah it's a it shame. may not be the right right move at the right time and, yeah. um, but she is she is a huge influence and, and I'm, I'm super fortunate uh, to have her push me in this uh, to understand a lot of times when when I have to leave Thanksgiving dinner, when I have to miss a birthday and, or if she has to attend weddings, multiple weddings upon weddings in our twenties where I wasn't around. Yeah. Um, all those things. And she's just, she's, she's very special. And then obviously um, today being my anniversary and 12th anniversary, we've been together 20 years and married for 12. Wow. Um, uh, she's uh it's a partnership for sure but it's yeah. not one-sided I, I always hate when i hear uh coaches think that it's one-sided because it's not yeah you know they say behind every good man is, is a good woman but i think sometimes in front of every good man is a good woman either dragging him or leading him 
And it sounds kind of maybe like, you know, that was a situation with yourself and, and Misty, your wife. You know, that's, you know, here again, happy anniversary, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, you, you got to fight for that, man. You work for it. Uh, a relationship, a marriage, uh, nothing ever comes easy in that. Love gets you so far, but work is really what keeps it there. And uh, so, yeah, man, uh, you know, kudos to y'all for, for keeping it going and working at it. So now, Coach, uh, you know, kind of you've, you've run down some of the things that you've kind of learned throughout your career, but is there anything else about yourself that maybe you feel like, I, di I didn't know this about me until I got the pressure put on me uh, by by uh, the head coach or uh, my work ethic as a, you know, video coordinator, recruiting coordinator, whatever, you know, facet you serve in. Uh, what, what have you learned more about yourself throughout your career? Well, one thing that, and this podcast is, is one of those things that as we are coaches, the one thing coaches should never lose sight of is, is learning and growing. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you learn that about yourself as if, one thing you have to find is what level of learning are you willing to do and, and where do you want to put your time in on that learning? I think as young coaches, we talked a little bit about this beforehand is we all want to learn X and O's, X and O's this, yeah. X and O's that. And uh, we all love X and O's and we love what do you do in this late game situation and that late game situation. We love all that. Yeah. But I think what I, what we learn as we get older and you've done this for 20 some years and, and, and I've been doing it a while is, the X's and O's aren't the most important. No, what not. you learn is the team and the kids and the chemistry and the culture and all those, you know, the buzzwords we're here now, those are actually the most important. And people are starting to catch up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Tom Mizzo, yeah, he's a great coach, no doubt about it, but it's because of the culture of the Michigan State players. Yeah. It's, it's because, you know, North Carolina's had great coaches, yes. But they're successful because of the culture of that program and the players and the work ethic. And, and it can, you can go down the line um, to all of the great programs at any level. Um, championships have been won playing zone, man, playing fast, playing slow. We've seen it all. Yeah. Um, but every team that does win championships and is successful, they all probably have the chemistry, culture stuff are in line. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing throughout my career I've learned more and more. And obviously I'm getting a chance to learn that from Coach Smith as much as I've ever learned it from anybody. Um, and, and what's crazy about that to me is when I watch Coach Smith, Hall of Famer, national champ, 600 plus wins, it literally all goes back to what my dad was doing when I was in second and third grade and I'm watching him coach junior high school. Yeah, Like it is no different. The yeah. X's and O's, my dad is not an X and O guy. He'll tell you to this day, he'll call me and say, I need something for this situation. Yeah. But And when I was his assistant, I, I did all X's and O's, but I had no hands on the culture part or the chemistry or the teamwork part. And he, he did that. Yeah. And that's why we were good. Yeah. He, it had nothing to do with the stuff I was telling him, hey, we should run this or run that. Um that's what I've learned is how much more important that is. It's not a little bit more important. It's a lot more important. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how great, like if you're, if you're practice plans and your day-to-day -day stuff, you think is really great because of the X and O part of it. And the, are this drill is going to be really good. Yeah, that's important, but it's not nearly as important as if that plan doesn't have some type of, of, of why you're doing it, you know? Yes, we're going to run this drill 
but what is it doing for our team? It's not just making them better shooters or passers. Is it going to make them communicate as a team? Is it going to make challenge them to be better in this? Is it going to make them work together better? Those are the best drills, not the drills that, that get the fun, you know, the, oh, this is a perfect drill for shot fakes. That's great. But is it a perfect drill for instilling kids to get each other to do the shot fake correctly? Like there's a big difference. Um, and I think the older we get, the more important that is. And that is a hard thing to conquer as a coach. We're all still working on it. That's why I, yeah. I listen yeah. to your podcast. That's why I listen to other podcasts and read books and watch practices and watch when I go to watch a high school practice, I'm taking notes. Like I'm trying to find anything um, to get those little, those little nuggets across that we, that you can't get by watching a YouTube video. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you can watch a YouTube video and get a great X and O play or idea. Um, now if it's a, a coaching clinic, YouTube video, that's different. I think you can get a lot from those, but Definitely, not yeah. from watching another team run a play. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a different story. You're talking about a feel for it. You're not just a, yes. not just a concept. Those are just concepts at that point. Exactly. I hear what you're saying completely. You got to be able to implement those things with a purpose, rather than um, than throw them in. And 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 I've learned a lot of that in the last year and a half of coaches. You know, he wants to know the why. You know why? Yeah, that Eric, that's a great drill. But why would we do that? Why? What? You know, what's it going to do for our team? Yeah. I know we're working on shooting, but what is it doing for our team? You know, and, and that's, I think you have to ask yourself about that a lot when you're doing practice plans or team activities or anything, conditioning, whatever has, you know, whatever it is your team's going to be to get, when your team's together, something can be happening for your team. Yeah, definitely. I like, I like what you're saying, coach, because it's, you know, you went, you talked about, you know, kind of any style, you know, teams have won with all different styles of play. And so yeah. kind of like, you know, Syracuse Bayheim, Princeton Carrill, uh, Loyola Marymount with Westhead, you know, there's all kinds of different systems that have been in place that really, you know, we're all different from each other, but the game is the game is the game. And, yes. uh, you know, I just, you're talking about being intentional overall with everything that you're doing and really putting thought into it and not just, here again, YouTubing it, which there's nothing wrong with that either. But no, man, no. if you don't, if, if you don't understand that the why and the how and the, the rhyme and reason, if you will. Yeah. It, and it, I would say this, if, if you're going to, if you're going to YouTube, the great resource, obviously we didn't have it 20 years ago or however yeah. many years ago. It's so nice to be able to look up something. And if you're going to do that, yes, write it down, figure it out, but then think about the, the what you're doing with it and the why you're going to do it. If it yeah. fits your team. Some drills out there just don't fit a certain team. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, if, if if you're a if you're a great defensive pressure team, then you probably don't have to spend as much time on that practicing. Yeah. Practice you know, you don't need to do that as much. And if you're if you're gifted at at, at a, if you have a team that really rebounds because at the college level we've recruited great rebounders. Yeah. Well, yeah, we need to do some rebounding drills, but we don't have to do those all the time. So you've got to find the right things to fit your team. Yeah. And and the older you get, the more you realize that, you know, but yeah. to speak, you know, what you said with the, the different teams winning championships, I mean, North Carolina and Virginia both won national championships in the last number of years, and they, there couldn't be much different. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, North Carolina's got that early offense and hitting the corners and cutters, and you know, Virginia right. takes their time and beats you up. 
and they get you know they work the ball to get what they want. So yeah, no, I completely hear what you're saying, coach, and those are all great points. Uh, and I think that's something as co- coaches we can grow from because sometimes we're stuck Absolutely. in stubborn and stuck in our ways. And uh, when we realize there's more than one way, you know, as they say, to skin a cat. Here again, not that I'd ever want to do that, but uh, right. you know, kind of the, the idea is there's just more than one way to get things done. So, yeah, Coach, I appreciate you bringing that up. Now, you know, you being in it now, uh, you know, the coaching profession now for seven years, and you still got a long ways to go. And uh, so you have a kind of a, a working legacy right now, Coach. And so if you think forward and think about, you know, what you would want people to say of you, what would you want your legacy to be when your career is all said and done? You know, it's, it's when I, that question, when you mentioned it earlier and then now is, is such a, it's a hard question for me. Like I've never thought about that. I just, I'm a put my head down and go to work every day. And, and um, like I mentioned earlier, working with I try to work with intention. I try to have a purpose. Yeah. Um, for everything I do and, and a why for why, why I'm doing things. Um, and, and maybe that's my legacy. Maybe it's that, you know, coach Gabriel was, a, he put his head down and went to work and he had a reason for everything. And it wasn't, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some players out there that, that didn't think it was the right way or that it was the best way. And there's other players that, that I know I have great relationships with that um, they'll tell me the things I could have done better. Tell me the things they really liked. Um, but I, I ultimately, ultimately, I hope that I was able to make every player I had um, somehow make their experience better as a person. Yeah. Um, somehow make them grow as a person. I know I'm not going to, you can't help every kid in every possible way of their life. That's why they have so many people. They have parents and grandparents if they're lucky and, and they have, you know, teachers and assist, head coaches and assistant coaches. They have all these people. Yeah. But if I could touch them in one way um, to really, you know, make them a better person, um, I hope that's it. Some are going to be more than others. Yeah. You know, some yeah. some are definitely going to be more than others. We all have coaches that that really influenced us more than others did. Uh, that's just the nature of the game. There's some that didn't influence it, as, you know, maybe not at all. Yeah. Um, and I hope that, that I can keep that number low, but I hope that every player that I ever do have can say, uh, he, he came in and he had a purpose and he went to work for us as a team. Yeah. He went to work to make our team better, to make us better. Um, that's as simple as I can make it. I hope that that's whatever, whenever I'm done with this, whether it's by choice or, or, or life or whatever, when I, when it's done, I hope that, that the majority of my players can say that. Wonderful coach. I really do appreciate your time. And I, I know here again, that's the weekend. We, we've all got stuff to do, but for taking the time, especially, especially on your anniversary. Yeah. Uh, here again, Misty, if you're listening, thank you for, for letting him come through and, and share some time with us. And, and happy anniversary to you, to you as well. Uh, keep up the good work because he, he's doing good. You got a good one there, and you're doing a great job with him. So, uh, you know, we talk about husband development, like player development. That's good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So, Coach, here again, man, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it, and uh, and I look forward to seeing what, what goes on this season with y'all. All right. Thanks, Mike, and I, I appreciate I appreciate what you're doing, man. This is really good, and, and I hope uh, hope it continues to grow for you, and I'll definitely be a proponent of it. But I, thanks for having me, man. I did I appreciate it. Always fun to talk to. Yeah. No, thank you, Coach.
Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at CreativeCoach47. Here again, all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, This is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.